Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Know Your Company. Got 25 to 75 people in your company? Check out knowyourcompany.com, software that helps companies like Airbnb and Cards Against Humanity know their company better. This week we asked the company, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? I couldn't come up with something for that. So not not the masturbating monkey? Oh, oh yeah, that's pretty weird. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... How to be cool about stuff. Real cool. Real suave. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. So this week we're talking about when when you're a big weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> when you're one of those weirdos. When you're a weirdo, how can you get your friends to be cool about stuff? And when your friend uh, has has a uh, difference, I suppose. An abnormality. No, no I'm just kidding. No, 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 just no, no, kidding. No. I'm just kidding. When your friend has is different from you, how to make them feel super comfortable about that difference that they have. Especially regarding food and drink. Yeah. Slurp, slurp, nom, nom. <laughs> Jen, how was your weekend? I had a really good weekend. I had one of those restorative weekends where you uh, nap and you read and you take baths and you go for walks, even though it was raining a fuck ton this weekend. It really was. It rained so much this weekend. It's monsoon season. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad because the grass needs to drink too. And it's spring. It's nice when the weather corresponds with the season, which doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Not anymore, no. No, no. But the the ground gets to have a slurp slurp and a nom nom. And it's going to be... <laughs> everything is so green. Everything is super, super green. Speaking of green, can I tell you something weird? Uh, uh, not about marijuana. Okay, but yeah, you can definitely tell me something weird. But remember, you're telling a lot of people something oh, weird. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I'm only reminding you because uh, I've told this... These people, so many weird things now. You know you know what? Compared to the things you've shared, this is not that weird. It's yeah, more just enough. like a weird quirk uh, or thing I can't explain. Man, I'm really building it up. It's not that big of a deal. Do it, do it, do okay, it. Okay, so in, I was in kindergarten, and an activity the teacher had us do was like, what's your favorite color and why? What? A, first of all, what a weird question. How do you know your favorite color based on reasoning, especially if you're in kindergarten? That's a really good point. Like, my favorite color. Okay, here's what I said. I said, my favorite color is green. Because it's the color of grass and money. <laughs> money? It sounds like I was perfect to like be a, a dr- drug lord later in life. Absolutely. Like you're going to r- run a marijuana dispensary in California. <laughs> grass and money? Um, I have a color story from kindergarten as yeah. well. Actually, it wasn't kindergarten. It was preschool. I went to Catholic preschool, and I believe I got kicked out of pre- Catholic preschool. Oh, hell yeah, you badass. I'm not sure. I'm not certain. I just know that eventually I was in a different preschool. And you most people, heathen. Most people don't go to two different preschools. <laughs> Usually you, you do one. Trin so, Garitano um, do. Um, I, I hit people a lot. Oh. So, <laughs> So first, I'm going to tell you something completely unrelated about this preschool. So I would hit people, as I said, uh, and then I would have to sit in the sorry chair. And the sorry chair had a gigantic stuffed penguin on it. And you would sit in the chair and then the, the penguin would be on top of you and you would hold it. And then you would have to sit there with the penguin until you could tell the penguin you were sorry. So you'd practice telling the penguin sorry and then you would say sorry to the kid. Uh, so I just think that's a really funny way to do things. That's incredible. Practice saying you're sorry to this gigantic stuffed penguin and, while you sit in this chair. We should get one of those for the office, the sorry chair. That would be 
incredible. Yeah. The um, apology armchair. Anyway, they uh, we were doing uh, colors and we were like uh, associating colors to f- emotions. Uh-huh. And we got to red and I raised my hand and I was like, well, red means love. And she goes, that's incorrect. And I was like, what are you oh, talking about? How can that be correct? I, and when I was thinking about the scene from Cinderella when the dad <laughs> gets all like red cheeked yeah. after she che- kisses him on the top of the head. And, yeah. I, and I remember them, people being like, no, red means anger. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is absolutely open to interpretation. Yeah. I am five years old. I, my opinions are very worthwhile. Excuse me here. I thought we were having a, a discussion among peers. Right. Here we are just slinging around false information. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I don't know why, but that really stuck out to me that they're like, you are incorrect. And I, and I was like, you know what? I am not that, incorrect. That, man, you can't be incorrect. I believe That's I was sent to the sorry chair after that. How? Why? Because I argued. I was like, Good. I was like, but that scene in Cinderella, and Aww. when you're happy, your cheeks get red. I was like, really defending it, and she's like, no, red means anger. I'm so feeling very red on your behalf right now. Oh, thank you. Both kinds. Both, I hope. both kinds. Yeah, <laughs> I'm angry and I'm in, uh, very loving of you. I almost said I'm in love with you. Not quite there. I can see why people would be confused, though. Absolutely. It's not that we're we gay bait on this show. It's that we <laughs> we talk earnestly and honestly, and sometimes that can veer on sounding romantic. Um, but the truth is, Jen and I are just friends. Yeah. But it's about over 100 episodes in. We might as well clear it up. <laughs> we're, we're absolutely in each other's friend zones. Uh, we love it here, and we've made ourselves a home. A friend zone is a great place to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, Jen, speaking of our previous conversations, you know, differences in opinions. Yeah. Here's something you and I differ on. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, I, this question is directed towards me, so I would love it if you would read it. Absolutely. To me. Yeah. Hey, Trin. I'm a brand new baby vegan. How can I be a good friend at gatherings involving food? I feel bad inconveniencing my friends with my new dietary restrictions. Should I always bring my own food with me? Thanks. So I want to broaden this question a little bit because I know like 1.2% of the world is vegan. It's not very many people. Um, But I feel like a lot of what we're going to talk about uh, will apply to people who have allergies maybe or um, just like have preferences um, uh, one of my good buddies hates parsley, and it's oh, like interesting. kind of on the side of everything. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm hoping this will be be a little bit broad. Um, but to start small and bring it outward. So, first of all, d- should I always bring my own food with me? I always do. If you see me at any point, ask me about my pocket nuts because I have. Them. She has a shirt that says that. Ask me about my, my pocket, pocket nuts. <laughs> So vegans uh, typically don't get um, good sources of DHA, which is like an omega-3 fatty acid, I think. Um, And walnuts are a really good vegan source of them. So I always have walnuts. And always, I can never expect that people will remember that I'm vegan or care, which is fine. Like, I know that sounds kind of like, like, oh, no, don't care about me. But that's not what I mean at all. Um, everybody, as we always say, people are self-centered and that is fine. People are taking care of themselves. They're thinking about their own needs. So yes, I, I do think that you should always bring your own food, but try not to think about it as like a burden. It's just your self-care. You don't want to show up at your friend's party and then feel bad and upset and hungry and the hungry. entire time. Yeah. Right. Um, so no, you should carry food all the time, but like try to think about this 
in terms of everything that you do to make your friends feel comfortable, like you probably know what topics of conversations your friends want to avoid or that make them feel weird. Like you probably try to remember your friends' allergies, even though maybe you don't know all of them. You probably know which ones of your friends will like die if they touch something that was soaked in fabric softener. Like you, you know the important shit probably. Those aren't like inconveniences to you. Those are just facts. Uh, and veganism, vegetarianism, I hope your friends will think about it in, the, in those same terms, that it's not an inconvenience. It's just a fact that's about you. Am I explaining this correctly? Yeah, you absolutely are. I was just thinking of facts I know about my friends involving food. My friend Nadia does not like tomatoes, which is unreal to me, but she <laughs> loves cucumbers. Which is unreal That's to what me. I was thinking about while you were talking. <laughs> no, but honestly, Trin, you're doing a great job of being like, Yes, your friends will not remember. It doesn't necessarily mean they're being nasty to you. But, you know, people have a lot on their mind. Yeah. But if you can't afford a little bit of brain space to remembering your friends' preferences or facts about them, that's great, too. I agree. Yeah. And veganism is one of those things that is kind of hard to remember simply because people think that there are a lot of different definitions for what vegan means. And the truth is that's not necessarily the case. Um there are small differences with veganism. Um, for example, uh, some people, if some vegans eat honey and some don't. And I know that there are people who are going to be like, oh, if they eat honey, they're not vegan. I disagree with you. I completely disagree with you because uh, it depends on why you're vegan, what you care about, and uh, how you want to impact the world with the way that you eat and what you buy. Um, there are vegans who don't eat refined sugar because there are processes for refined sugar. It, it, you have no idea if that has been treated with um, animal products. Um, and for me, like, I, I think I would go insane if I had to, like, d dissect everything with refined sugar on it. So I, I don't care about that. Um, so that, that I think is going to be the biggest thing is that people will forget because they will think you're vegetarian or they'll forget that eggs are considered not vegan. Uh, that'll be the thing. So just be prepared to like ask questions. Um, if somebody brings something that they say is vegan, do ask them if there's eggs in it. Yeah. Or, I mean... People just straight up don't know what veganism is. Yes. Yeah. They think they do, but they actually don't. They have no idea. Yeah. I mean, people don't really know how to read labels. Right. That's true, too. And it's not your friend's fault. It's probably the fault of education in the United States. Right. Yeah. Um, it just, it, there's all, that joke always that's like, how do you know, what's the joke? Oh, the jo oh, this awful joke, which is, how do you know if someone is vegan? Oh, they'll tell you. <laughs> Which I've heard that joke applied to everything. Like, how do you know your friend is a marathoner? They'll tell you. And if my friend was running a marathon, I hope they would tell me because I want to be there cheering them on because that's awesome. Like, how strange is it when somebody tells you a fact that's important to their life and how they interact with the world? That's what friendship is, you ding-dongs. Like, it's literally, if you don't tell people that you're vegan, then how will they understand how to feed you or like what? Absolutely. You know, it's just kind of silly. Well, people think by having food preferences or restrictions or allergies or a diet, they prefer that they're being like needy or yeah. attention grabby or, or that they're a liberal weirdo. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a thing about veganism and vegetarianism and various kinds of uh, like food related differences in people. Uh, People may get defensive when you say that you're a vegan. And uh, the, I believe that the reason is, is it's kind of like, what, you're too good for my food? Or like, what, you're saying that I'm unhealthy or I'm immoral and you're not.
Um, it, it sets off these alarms because they are afraid that you think of yourself on a higher level, I guess, than them. But the truth is that you just made a different decision. I was than just going to say that you just made a choice. Right. Um, I've had discussions with friends who are vegan and vegetarian revolving like privilege and who has access to what food. And I think there's a very interesting discussion to be had there. But like, make sure your friends are like opting into that conversation, you know? Right. Like if you're ordering at a restaurant and your friend, you know, chooses a vegan option, and I'm sure they're very polite about it. Like, I know they're not choosing to be difficult. Hello, vegan in the restaurant. (laughs) Pack up your eggs and milk, boys. Do you remember when we went out to eat with a group once and, uh, it might have been for like a company dinner and one of the waitresses was like, oh, you're the one. Oh, to me? Yeah. Yes. I oh, do you're that. the one. And I was just like, way to single them out. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, so. That was a very harassed seeming waiter. It was really, it was really interesting because I remember I actually called ahead because, so one of the things that I do as a vegan to make sure that I don't, uh, get too much attention on myself um every time i go out with my friends to a restaurant i ask what the restaurant is and i look at the menu and if i don't know if i can find a vegan option i will call ahead and see what i can get done because i because i don't like that interaction of like is there milk in this what kind of oil do you use like i know i'm saying those things like in a silly way uh but those are genuinely things i want to know and i feel really uncomfortable asking those in a group because of the way people react um, and that sucks. And like, it sucks that I feel that way. Um, but I do take that precaution simply because I just don't want that shitty interaction. Um, so when the waiter was like, oh, so you're the one, what he was referring to is like, I called ahead and I asked. And so. So you were polite and responsible. Yeah. And and, and he singled like, me out in the way that I was hoping to avoid by calling. Yeah. I remember laughing and being like, what? Right. It's, you're the one. Oh, OK. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's me. So I have just a few like really general things that I think will help you, tiny baby vegan, mm-hmm. in your life and your friendships going forward in your plant eating future. So mm-hmm. um, one we kind of covered already. Don't expect people to remember because they won't. Um, I mean, some people definitely will. Like I can always know that my core group of buddies will remember that I'm vegan. And I will always remember that my one buddy can't have caffeine and my one buddy eats fish but not meat. Like I can I can remember those things. Um, but like if there's somebody who's like a tertiary friend, like I won't remember they can't have walnuts specifically, you know. Um, so, so you know, uh, have your expectations tempered, especially because it's new. Um, it'll take people a while to remember. And like we said, there are different variations on veganism. Next, if you want to be able to eat at a potluck, you are going to have to make your own food. Just simply will. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know if Jen said this or I did um, earlier in the cast, but when we mentioned that, uh, like, don't trust people who say it's vegan, like ask them the questions. People don't read labels. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, it might just straight up ignorance. Sometimes, you know, people don't know what is, what counts as vegan. It's true. You got to ask. Like, and that kind of brings us to the third, which is uh, the one expectation that you can have and you can always hold your friends to is that they must always be honest. Like if somebody says, uh, yeah, sure. I got it in the vegan section of the grocery store. So all vegs. Yeah, uh, I think it is. Like, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I have no knowledge of this, but yeah, prob- probably. Right. Yeah. Like. that is a garbage person. They might just think there's no meat in it and that makes it vegan. Right. But like if somebody like tries to pull a fast one on you or like, because there are genuinely people in the world who will like try and get me to eat meat. 
Yeah. Um, those people are bad and like they exist and they are bad. Um, but likewise, you are not allowed to say, oh, yeah, this is a normal ass cake about like some vegan delight that you have brought because there are other allergy concerns to deal with because the vegan foods, um, those substitutions um, can often be allergens. Um, like coconut is like a pretty common uh, allergen and coconut oil is used in a lot of like vegan desserts and, and all that. Um, and they would not think about that if you are, you know, just showing them a normal cake. But if you said like, oh, this is vegan, they'll, they would ask like, oh, does it, is there coconut oil in it? So you have to be honest about what is in your food if you're making the food. Point blank. Wow, that's a really good point, Jen. Yeah, everyone has to. Yeah. Everyone should. And if you don't know, uh, do what you can to find out, but then don't make your, don't ever make your friends eat your thing. Yeah. That's, it's always such an uncomfortable interaction when somebody is like, oh, I made these cookies. You should have one. And I'm like, oh, no, thank you. I'm, I, I'm not hungry. And they're like, oh, I, who needs to be hungry for cookies? These are really good. And then I have to be like, well, actually, I'm vegan and these are probably not vegan. And I did not want to have this interaction that we are having right now. Uh, but now we are having it. So um, hello. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. So you're the one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, man, Jen, it's so funny because I said those two rules like tell them what's in the food. But I didn't realize that that, that is true. That, that applies to everybody. Yeah, it does. Definitely. Like food is important and it's not just because it keeps you alive. It's cultural. There's baggage and emotion. Yes. And I think that in America, it can be particularly emotional because red blood, meat eating, like Republican conservative, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's like a whole mentality. Uh, and I feel like it's I would I would only assume that people who are vegetarian or vegan on the average are liberal in some way. Uh, and there's a lot of political baggage about that. There's this political identity that has to do with eating meat or not eating meat. Um, and it's something that you have to remember. It's like when I say this, I'm entering this conversation. When you make somebody identify themselves, you are involuntarily bringing them into that conversation. Um, so just, you know, in general, human beings, remember that it's not it's never just food. That is so true. Just like it's never just money. Right. Like everyone has a, no one has a completely healthy opinion about money. And I don't think anyone has a completely holistic open-minded view about food. I don't think anybody has a healthy opinion about food either, simply because, I mean, food is so tied in with body and body images. And how you were raised. Right. And and our concepts of what is uh, moral consumption and our concepts of what is healthy consumption. Um, so it, it sucks because you're, you didn't want this. <laughs> when you became a vegan, you didn't know that you were opting into this whole discussion. And uh, hello, welcome. Here yeah, you are. that's true. You're so responsible to speak for all vegans. Yeah, it's kind of garbage. Kind of like if you out yourself as a feminist, you're responsible for all of feminism. And I think that this is true for so many different identities. Absolutely. Especially rarer identities. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that you have plenty of identities that you have yourself that also speak to this. I mean, anybody who is queer, I'm not likening being vegan to being queer because one is a choice and one is not. Uh, but think about it and that conversation in those terms, that it's always a greater conversation than what it actually is. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and that might suck. Yeah, it does. I wish... Uh I wish this person luck because they said they're a new baby vegan. Yeah. That means they're changing the food policy for themselves, which like, sure, 
Good for awesome. you. Whatever. Uh, but for other people, they're going to have a hard time with that. Yeah. Good friends won't. No, they won't. Yeah. Well, for me, I had been vegetarian for a really long time before I became vegan. So my friends are just kind of like, okay, cool. She doesn't eat two different things now. Cool. I don't yeah, care. Who, who gives a shit? Like nobody gave a shit. But in conclusion, I'm going to give you Trin's hot vegan tips. So one, there's only one good vegan yogurt. It's Daya vegan yogurt. It's the only one. All of the rest of them taste like barbecue. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, there's only one good vegan cheese, and it's the Field Roast uh, Chow vegan cheese. It's like C-H-A-O. And then the best vegan ice cream is the uh, So Delicious Cashew Milk Snickerdoodle Ice Cream. Mmm. That end. sounds good. Also try, and also pocket walnuts, guys. Don't gotta forget. have your nuts. You gotta get them nuts. Um, again, DHA is something. Oh, DHA, B12, zinc, and vitamin D are all things you want to uh, look to. Uh, almost all soy milk is fortified with all of those things. Uh, but so uh, just keep an eye on yourself and good luck. Good luck. Good luck, baby Vig. Are, are, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Sure. I recently learned that a new friend of mine is a recovering alcoholic. My birthday party's coming up soon and I'd like to have booze there. I've vaguely discussed this with her, and she says she'll be totally fine and not to worry about her. But how can I make her feel comfortable in a situation that includes something that makes her uncomfortable? Great question. So here's the thing. She didn't say she'd be uncomfortable. She said she'd be totally fine and not to worry about her. Exactly. So I think it's important to trust her words. And no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, this is, a, one, a very loving question. Yeah, you're coming from a place of being thoughtful and mindful. I hope you're not coming from a place of wanting to babysit or rescue your friend. I have been on the receiving end, especially from men, on how can I help you through this situation, little baby bird? It's like, actually, I'm an, I'm an adult. I'll be fine. You don't need to. I'm, I can handle this. And I don't think that's where you're coming from. And I hope it's not. Right. But I do think it's important to cover it uh, that you don't really need to put on your cape and tights and save the day. Yeah. Um, This person clearly has a pretty good understanding of uh, where they're coming from and and the situation with their own disease. So, like, I I would trust them. Uh, And it's your birthday party. Yeah. I mean, if your friend doesn't go, you won't take this personally. Exactly. That is such a good point, Jen. Like, I really think that going from this with Okay, if if this new friend bails at the last minute and they've decided that they are uncomfortable and you know you're not going to hold it against them, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. All you need to tell them is thumbs up emoji, have a great night. Exactly. Yeah. End of end of story. Um, but isn't it cool that your friend shared this with you? Like you said that you're new friends and uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the birthday party um, and that you've, you've talked about this with the new friend. Like that's a really good step in becoming closer and understanding each other better. Yeah, and you're wanting to make a situation that your friend is cool with, which is a good instinct, I think. But there's some things you don't need to do, I think. Like I don't like here's one you definitely shouldn't do. You shouldn't whisper into the party before this person arrives. Hey guys, put your drinks away. Yeah, be cool. Someone so is coming here, so like don't drink alcohol in front of them. Alcohol is everywhere and your friend your friend is pretty familiar and is pretty familiar with that fact. Right, right, right. Um Maybe avoid drinking games. I would say yes. And if drinking games unfold organically, like throw out a board game in another room, like, you know, make alternatives possible. I feel like um, after a certain age, uh, we don't really do drinking games at our birthday parties because the point of parties isn't necessarily to get as wasted as you possibly can. But it is 
the point is to have a good time. Um, right. So uh, I I would assume that they're not going to be playing a ton of beer pong. <laughs> but I mean, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with enjoying beer pong. Just like, you know, if there's one thing that you do alter as far as what you do at your birthday party, that might be the thing. Agreed. Like no group shots where you give everyone a shot of liquor. Right. So Jen and I are both coming from this from a position of we both have family who have dealt with alcoholism and we both have friends who don't drink alcohol for one reason or another. Um, so we're not speaking from a place of having been alcoholics, but we uh, have been in a place of trying to make people feel comfortable. Um, and these are this is how we're coming up with this stuff. I just thought it might be a good thing. No, to I completely agree that we're like with the asker on this one. And these are some methods that we've used. Um, so I think it's interesting they said birthday party, and I'd like to have booze there. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be at a bar. Right, right, right. It's, yeah. It sounds like a house party. Yeah. But if you are choosing a bar, and this works for large groups, I do like to pick places that have non-alcoholic options, which can be hard because not a lot of bars do. A lot of really good, upscale, expensive bars do. Right. For So, like, women who are pregnant and don't want to drink can drink there. Yeah. But, you know, this person, even if it is at a bar, I'm sure this person has methods for how to be at a bar. We know people that, like, for one reason or another, like, don't want to drink. They'll just, like, hold a bottle in their hand or yeah. a glass of, uh, what's the sparkly water? Oh, uh, the flavor suds. Flavor suds. LaCroix? Yeah, I think there's one you can get. Anyway, you know, they'll have, like, a drink in hand that could be alcohol just because they don't want to answer the question. They don't want to deal with it. And people will ask. Oh, yeah. Why aren't you drinking? It's like the vegan question. People have opinions on this and they should keep them to themselves, but they probably won't. I feel like and this is also such a cultural thing because like college life and, you know, just uh, the the mystique of alcohol that was held over us our whole lives. And now we can drink. Yeah. is very like, well, why wouldn't you get wasted? What are you doing, man? Like lube yourself up for some social interaction with this alcohol or like you're not being a. Uh, you're a party pooper. You're being a party pooper or a wet blanket by not having alcohol or not getting loose like that. Right. And that is ridiculous. Yeah, you can just drink on their behalf. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that one thing I'd love uh, is to cut the question, can I get you a drink from everybody's vocabulary? Yeah. Can I get you something? Can I get better? you something? Yeah. yeah. Just because I feel like a drink necessarily sometimes means alcohol. It totally does. Yeah. Um, so especially in a bar, right? It's different in a house, but like at a party, it clearly doesn't mean Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had parties at bars where so a, a few years back, I had a party at a bar and I had friends who were who don't drink who I knew were coming. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that the bar would be able to deal with this fact. But instead, the bartender like made fun of them. No. Right. So the next year, um, that bartender was gone, um, and I, I called the place ahead of time. And I I know I said this earlier at the vegan thing, but, man, calling ahead, like, restaurants would much rather have you ask the question before you get there than have a kerfuffle in the middle of things. Um, but I, I called because we, we rented out the bar for the party, and I was like, hey, I'm having some people come. Can you please make the bartenders aware that we want a cocktail that doesn't include alcohol? Uh, and and just that that simple interaction made things so much easier for everybody going forward. Um, so there are ways that you can control the situation, especially if the if this is a house party or like at some other place where you have full control. Um, just make sure that you have beverages available that have the same hand feel 
Exactly. You know, like when you're sitting in a group and you're holding a drink. And right. Now, but if you're not holding a drink, you don't know what to look with, do with your hands. Right. And then don't get like a bottle of Sprite and like put their name on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's so bad. <laughs> I was just picturing how funny that would be oh, in an God. awful way. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it would be terrible. Yeah. But like if you have, a, you know, a stash of um, any kind of like pop or beverage that comes in a glass bottle, that's really similar to having a glass bottle of beer. I think that that would be super handy. Um, also, just having some kind of like fun beverage that's non-alcoholic. Um, some people will do just like cider in a like crock pot if it's mm, warm out. Isn't I love that delightful? Cider. I've considered doing like a hot chocolate bar mm. for people. It's an, and that's something that you can make alcoholic. Do you understand how freaking good some like Irish cream would be inside of a freaking hot chocolate? So good. And you can make that like in a big pot and then people can add, add their alcohol. Shit. Right. That is such a good idea. Thank you. Good call, Trent. Mm. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, and, and it doesn't even need to be that expensive. I mean, you can just get like, uh, you know, the lemonade that it's like powder lemonade. Yeah. Like you can snazz that up. Yeah, totally. Like get powdered lemonade and like an actual lemon and then just make some like delicious lemonade. And then people can mix that with alcohol if they want. Exactly. Or having I'll be, a lemonade is I good. will be the one that's like, all right, going to add vodka to this. And that will be the <laughs> end of my... Right. In my thought process, I will not be like, who's the weirdo having the lemonade? No, I will be like, this is awesome that they made this just for me. And I'm not thinking about anyone else. Right. <laughs> exactly. Most people, like we always say, most people are thinking about their own internal drama and they really don't care about other people's drama. I think it's wonderful that you care about your friend and want to make them feel comfortable. Um, but I think it's very simple to... Uh, and with the understanding that you can trust your friend to be honest about what will make them feel good in a social situation, I, I really think that that you can take one of these solutions and just like it'll be good. Yeah, just have an option other than water. Oh yeah, for <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, obviously have water if people are drinking, but like, <laughs> don't want to be like straight up booze and water from the sink. Just have like one other option, right? You know, like sacrifice a little bit of the beer money. To having an extra drink. Right. I mean, like, powder lemonade is so cheap, and people will be so delighted by lemonade. I know, right? Right? Wouldn't it be so cute? A lemonade party. A lemon party. No, we're not going to have a lemon party. No, please, nobody Google that. Oh, Jen. Oh, no. Jen, let's talk about what happens when you slip up, because people in my friend group would never give anyone else shit for not drinking for any reason at all. But there will be interactions that you have with people you don't know as well or people that you're casually meeting in a restaurant where you go, what can I get you to drink or what's your favorite IPA? And then their answer is, I don't drink. And then you immediately feel weird and bad and it's awkward. Like, let's talk about how to how to relieve that situation. I, I, I totally agree, especially when you're talking about alcohol and people may have already been drinking. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. I remember I fucked up real bad one New Year's Eve because I was handing out champagne uh, and I handed a champagne to my buddy who doesn't drink. And they were like, oh, no, thank you. And I was like, oh, no, this is just for toasting for New Year's Eve. And then they're like, well, I don't drink alcohol. And I was like, oh, OK. And then I like just like moved on, um, which I think was the best I could have done. But the truth is I should have just said, oh, you don't want any? Fine. Right. I mean, we've all slipped up like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that it just for really any social interaction, this rule will apply. The faster you can wrap it up and move on, the better. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, you're definitely not going to ask why right. or demand reasons. Like, just like, oh, OK, is the answer. Exactly. Um, and man, so if somebody was like, would you like 
one of these mini cheeseburgers to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and I said no. And then they were like, why? And I was like, I'm a vegan. And then they were like, why are you a vegan? That would be the worst way that could go. <laughs> you know? Oh, I think that's when you would text me, I need a rescue. Right. Like, yeah. cause, no, actually, the worst I could go would be, would you like a mini cheeseburger? No. Why? I'm not hungry. But they're so good. You should have one anyway. I'm a vegan. Well, why are you a vegan? Like, it would have to be all of those steps. Absolutely. And then it would be like, oh, so you you hate America. (laughs) Right. But so I think ultimately both of these situations boil down to that we have culturally learned ways to deal with food and beverage. Like, it is cultural to not, in America at least, to not refuse food that somebody has made. Especially if it's like a dessert. Because people don't eat dessert because they're hungry. They eat dessert because it tastes good. You know, so when you say no thanks, I'm not hungry or no thanks, they're mm-hmm. just like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like going, <laughs> are to you a... freaking kidding me? <laughs> well, like, like I'll go to a wedding and not eat the wedding cake and people will be really mad about that. You know? Oh, yeah. And I don't like cake. Let me not eat cake. Right? <laughs> I still think the thing of making it as quick of an interaction as you can still applies because it's. Would you like a beverage? No, thank you. Done. No is a complete sentence, as we always say. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you, Oprah, for that one. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Oprah. Thank you, Oprah, for everything that you do. Um, but, but yeah, um, like, what else? So if you find yourself in the situation of fucking up royal, you know, I mean, and everybody will, uh, again, just, just wrap it up. Like, would you like this alcohol? No, thank you. Uh, but it's midnight in New Year's Eve. You need champagne. No, I don't. I don't drink. Okay, and then I moved on. Right. Instead of like, are you? Are you? What's wrong with you? And also, you didn't unload your apology on them. That is a really that is a really good point, Jen. You, you didn't make it about you, which I think is so like that is such a good instinct, Trin. You weren't like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. What can I get you instead? You don't drink. Is everything okay? Like you weren't over emotional about the situation. You were just respecting their choice. And that is, I think, a really another really big topic of the I screwed up and now I am going to put the onus of making me feel better on the person that I originally hurt. Everyone does this. Everyone does this. Yeah. Like we should not do it and we should stop doing it. We should learn to not do it. But we do it. And uh, and so if your apology is taking more than two sentences, it's too long. (laughs) Completely agreed. The more you say, the less... The less meaningful it is. I mean, we're talking very specifically about these types of conversations. Yeah. We're talking about the quick I messed up regarding food and drink apologies. Right. People do this a lot when they misgender people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I, oh, I am so sorry. I yeah. will promise I will do better in the future. I would never do this to you on purpose. I yeah. hope you understand that I love you very much. And like, oh, God, did I really make you feel bad? Oh, are you having a moment? I'm so sorry. That is the worst thing to do. And then to go on like Twitter and like I'm not I'm not sub subtweeting in person right now. I just can <laughs> think like in that that person would like go on Twitter and be like, I fucked up so bad today. Everyone, please tell me. Please validate me. Right. It's I'm sorry I fucked up. Won't happen again. Exactly. And then you work on it. Right. And making a scene, especially when you're the one who fucked up. And now this person has to deal with this whole scene. They have to deal with the apology of of making you feel safe and welcome again. It's so backwards. It's so backward. It's something that I I am actively working on. And I feel like um, 
just in general, man, it's like I'm trying to think about a good way to describe this because everybody does make mistakes. Everybody missteps. Mm-hmm. And that is something that happens. And we are so averse to people growing and changing and learning and moving on that we feel awful when we make even a tiny mistake. That is really true. I mean, it can't possibly be a coincidence that I know so many people that are so hard on themselves about things that happened years and years ago. Right. Everybody has a moment where they remember that when they said the wrong thing when they were 10 and it ruins their next few hours. Oh, my God. And then you can't sleep that night. For me, these usually pop in my head around 1145 at night. Right. right. It's like great timing. Thanks. (laughs) I I have literally been, man, Jen. So I uh, I've had trouble sleeping. And one of the things that I've been doing is I've noticed that I'll go to I'll try and sleep, but my brain is still working. And I'll say, you know what? That's a great point, brain, but not right now. You got to tell your brain. We'll talk about this later. Right. Like that's my new mantra for trying to go to sleep is okay, but not right now. Anyway. Trin, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Because that is one of the hardest things to do. I have had trouble sleeping my entire life. And it is it's a real Day ruiner. <laughs> it really is. Man, I have to, I think I said on the podcast before that I have to like guard my sleep like a wolf because to me it's the same thing as guarding my mental health. Yeah. Like it is my number one priority. Also, I get sick really easily if I don't sleep. Anyway, we're getting off topic. What I'm but, trying to say, go ahead. But Jen, you're making, you're bringing us to a really good point. Oh, am I? Which is, so you guard your sleep. So I would imagine that often you might have to leave events earlier than, than other people do. And you probably and you probably have to have that conversation of like, oh, you're leaving already. Okay, really? It's only 930. Party pooper. Wow. Like, I thought we were really going to hang out tonight. Like, I thought we're going to have some quality time that you just described my entire college experience. Right. That was like I probably had that conversation 5,000 times in college. Right. Um, But now my friends are really good about it. Also, my friends are like, oh, thank God. Let's get out of (laughs) here. Also, we're older, so people have lived through this on their own time as well. Exactly. But it is very much a thing still. And uh, but I'm very fortunate that my group of friends are, for one, very understanding. But two, we start our we start our shit early. Like we have dinner at six, get drunk so we can be in bed by 10. (laughs) For a nice, early, reasonable bed. But yeah, it is such a thing that people are like, oh, you're such a Debbie Downer that you're leaving early. And it's like, you know what? I don't need to explain. So ultimately, with all of these conversations are about veganism, the alcohol, uh, leaving early at parties, is would would everybody just freaking be cool with the people's choices? Be fucking cool. Just be cool. Just just be cool. All just right? cool it. Cool it. Cool out. That little that little thing that goes off in your brain that like that makes you think like they're veganism or they're not drinking or they're leaving early has something to do with you. Just like turn down that notch on your brain. Yeah. Cause like it, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. And I know as, as always, <laughs> the people that need this information are probably not listening to this episode. Uh, so, so but, spread the word about our podcast. <laughs> That's what you can do. But ultimately this is a very like start the change, man. Be the change you want to see in the world. Like honestly, like, if somebody is saying, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm heading out, it's time for my bedtime, and somebody starts saying, you party pooper, jump right in front of them and be like, it was so good to see you. Like, give them a hug, like, and say, like, I'm really glad that you're being honest about what you want. I'll see you next time. And that is such a cool, take, 
take pride in that moment when you do it. Absolutely. And know, like, I just did a nice thing for this person because you did. You gave them the courtesy. You gave them permission to do their own thing. Yep. And you didn't fight them on it. You didn't fight them on it. I, I really think that this is one of those things that can only become a cultural norm if we make it normal. If we make saying no normal. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that saying no isn't normal? Yeah. Like, it is It is absolutely bizarre that in our world, refusal is supposed to be a an offense. God, it's just a choice. Right. Wow. Man, I'm, like, thinking about all these situations in which, like, if you refuse something from somebody, it is an offense. Like cookies? Or, like, a hug. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like, and we are very pro guard your space and it's not offensive to say no to a hug. It's not. Right. Ugh. So all in all, in conclusion, fucking be cool. Just be cool, you jerk offs. <laughs> uh, having said that, this has been Friendshiping, the positive podcast about friends making friends and being kind to each other. <laughs> Uh, with Jen and Trin, uh, if you'd like to ask us a question, please uh, gen- gently type into our Ask FM at ask.fm slash do friendship. Uh, it shouldn't look like a phishing scam anymore, although <laughs> I don't know what goes on with our Ask FM, but it like clears our, our formatting so it looks blank and it looks like. Yeah, don't type your credit card in there. Yeah, I don't, don't know why you would. You uh, could find other ways to give us your money, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, and also, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. Um, we are sending out our friendship postcards to people. So if you send us our your email address, we are still doing that. I was sick for a really long time. I was written, also sick. Jen was yeah. also sick for a really long time. Uh, so we'll be ramping that up again uh, this week. So please uh, stay patient. I have a bunch sitting on my desk that are going to go out today. I have 70 Blake ones that are on my TV stand. It's okay. You know, there's no expiration date on this project. Your letter is coming. Aw, Jen. Thanks. For, you made me feel better. Thank you for talking. You're welcome for listening. Do friendship at the problem.